Good morning, Church on the Rock. Amen. My name is Rashad. I am one of the pastors here at Church on the Rock. And we do the Good Morning Church on the Rock every now and then. I haven't done it in a couple weeks, but we do it every now and then because I just want to make sure that um, after a long night being at the, the hayride and, and uh, maybe just an early morning, the, the darkness is here a little bit longer, so it feels like we're waking up earlier than what we really are. I want to make sure you're energized and ready to hear a word from God, uh, from his word, not from me. So we're going to do that one more time. Good morning, Church on the Rock! Yeah, yeah, I love their enthusiasm. <laughs> so in the high pitch, wait till you hit puberty. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> so look at this. Um, we're going to continue in this Romans journey. And just playing off of that song, the taste of eternity. Like, have you, have you really tasted eternity? Like, do you really understand how unworthy you are to speak of salvation as something that you possess right now as a believer in Christ? Have you really tasted eternity? And I, I, I ask because I'm back here. I know, I know Georgia could probably hear me. I'm singing at the, as loud as I can because I'm like... It's right here on my lips. I can taste eternity. I can taste what's waiting on me. I know. I just, oh, just going back to what we said last week, our appreciation, our thanks to God. Paul said, first, I give thanks to God. Why? Because I can taste eternity. Like, I know what's waiting on me. I know that Everything you walk through those doors that was on your heart, that was on your mind, all the problems of work, all your finances, everything going on is nothing in comparison to eternity. Eternity, can you taste that? Can you actually taste that? And if so, then it should be on your lips. You should, you should rejoice. You should sing as loud as you can. You should pray as often as you can. And I just, oh, that song just hits me so good. So we're going to continue in our Romans journey. Uh, we're on uh, a, a sermon series called Real Talk. We're going to finish preaching on Romans 1.8. I know last week we only got through five words. This week we're going to get through the remainder of the verse. So let's read Romans 1.8 real quick. Romans 1.8, Paul says, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the world. So just to recap, last week we looked at our appreciation. We looked at our appreciation. That's the, the I thank my God. Give me the our appreciation slide real quick. I just want you to see that. So the first point that you would have, just a, continuing, a, a continuation from last week, is our appreciation. Real talk is a sermon about prayer. And so I love how when Paul starts this prayer, he says, first, I thank my God. He didn't say, first, I complain. First, I come making requests. First, I, no, first and foremost, I thank my God. And we looked at everybody out there and said, when's the last time you went to God and you simply thanked him? You didn't ask for nothing. You didn't complain about the world. You didn't say you had no um, um, agenda or anything. You simply said, I thank my God. 
and we step back and said, if you just look at your life, the fact that you were even able to walk through those doors this morning, I thank my God. If you just take a deep breath, you're alive because he woke you up, not because of your alarm. You're breathing because he's put life in you and sustains that life through you, not because you're breathing. That is God working through you. That is his grace. That is his love for you. And therefore, you have enough right now. If he doesn't do anything else for you, if nothing else goes right in your life, you have enough right now to say, I thank my God. Right? And so our our prayers should first start with our appreciation. We need to first be thanking of our appreciation. We said last week, when you think of God, your mouth should give thanks to God if you really know who it is, if you're praising the God that created you and not the God that you created. Because the God that created you is faithful, but the God you created is failure, right? Fails you every single time. So we're going to continue on from there, walking through the rest of this verse as we look at how Paul prays. And so he said, first, I thank my God. Go to the next slide. Give me the next slide, Kate. It says, so how we talk to God is the next. So our first one was like, why, like why? Why do we talk to God? Well, appreciation. There's the first reason. But how we talk to God is the next part. How we talk to God. So going on, it says this, our access. All right? The why is our appreciation. The how speaks to our access. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ. See, some of us do this in Jesus' name prayer to just throw a name on our prayer. We, we, it's just like tradition for some of us. My mama said, when I pray, say in Jesus' name, and it makes it a real prayer. But that's not why we say in Jesus' name. That's not why we pray through Jesus Christ. Don't let the world fool you. It's not some magic trick that if I just say in Jesus' name, it makes it happen. Not at all. Your access into the throne room in general, your access to even speak to God, even when it's giving thanks to God, your access, as Paul shows right here, is through Jesus Christ. He says, I give appreciation and thanks to God, but the only way I'm able to do that is through the access of Jesus Christ. We see this in Ephesians. Um, in the next verse that I want to show here in Ephesians 2, look at this. Paul says this, remember that you... This is everybody in the room. Remember that you were at that time when you weren't a believer, you were, look at this, separate from Christ. Look at these words. You were separate. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. So you're separate. You're excluded. You were strangers to the covenants of promise. Like those weren't yours. Look at this. You had no hope. And you were without God. One out of five of those is bad. But you were all five of those without Christ. This is, this is why I don't understand how you cannot taste eternity. When I look at this verse alone, I'm like, whoa, I was separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth, strangers to the covenants of promise. I had no hope. I was without God in this cruel world. And now because of Christ, I can taste eternity. I can taste it. It's on my lips. It goes on in the next verse. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You were far off. You couldn't enter the holy of holies. Your sin 
right? You're dirty. He can't, he can't be face to face with sin. But now you, can, you have access to the throne room because you're covered in his blood. He doesn't see you anymore. He sees his son. That's the taste. Of, that's eternity. That's eternity because remember, heaven is only heaven because God is there. You remove God, I don't care how many gold, you know, gold rows and gold roads and birds are chirping and a lot. If you remove the Lord, heaven is hell. So to be in his presence, to have access, to be face to face with him, that's eternity. And our access is through Jesus Christ. And we don't even use, instead we just make it a little saying that you say at the end of a prayer, not realizing that when you say that you're coming in his authority. And his authority, says in Ephesians 2.8, as it continues on, it says, for through him we both, and remember, this is the beauty of the gospel, right? In the context, Paul is talking about Jews and Gentiles. There was a, div- a division between Jews and Gentiles. He says, I don't care if you're Jew, I don't care if you're Gentile, in him, in Christ, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. There's that word access. But look, I can do it here. Republican and Democrat, I don't care. Black, white, I don't care. Latino, I don't, you know what I mean? I want to make sure I get everybody in the room, right? <laughs> but, but look but look at this, look at this. It doesn't matter, male, female, been saved 20 years or 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. We all have our access, our access into the Holy of Holies, into the throne room, We all have permission to talk to the creator of the universe because of Jesus Christ. How do you not taste that, right? How do you not taste that and say, oh, that tastes so good, right? That, oh, my goodness, like the apple cider was good, but it ain't eternity, right? That apple cider last night was really good. I drank way too much of that, but it was not eternity. Eternity. It just wasn't eternity. In Ephesians 3.8, I want you to see what Paul says. He says, to me, the very least of all saints, the grace, the divine enablement was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. He goes on and he says, and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. So just to break that so you understand, he's saying basically, I have been given the privilege and the divine enablement from God to preach the gospel, something that was a mystery for so long that God has revealed through Jesus Christ. I get the permission to preach that to, uh, uh, to, to all the Gentiles, to all the people. Keep going. He says, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So he's saying, like, what's going on here in the church is the, the angels and the demons are watching. They're, like, they're, they're looking in to see what's going on. They're like, what, what is going on? Like, what is God doing through this vessel called the church? And he's like, I get the privilege to be a preacher and a pastor of this. And he goes on, he says, this was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus, our access, our Lord. And he says, to whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. In other words, I can walk up to God, Ty, sitting on the throne. I can walk in that room. I ain't got to make an appointment. I ain't got to get it on his calendar. I can boldly walk in the door 
because of my relationship with Jesus Christ and make my request known to God. Make my request known boldly. Um, I, uh, I get my haircut over at, at, at Dave's. Dave owns a um, barbershop, um, Avon Barbershop. There's your plug right there, all right? All right. <laughs> he owns Avon Barbershop, amazing barbershop, uh, Christ-centered barbershop. But here's the thing. When me and Dave really start getting close, um, I said, uh, you know, I need a cut, but man, like, I just ain't got the money to get the cut every other week like my wife wants me to do to stay, you know, because I be getting real shaggy real quick, right? And Dave said, oh, man, uh, you go in there, man, I got you. I was like, that's cool, but what about uh, the barber who's going to take care of me? Like, how do I make sure he's taken care of? He said, no, no, you walk in there, um, I got you. Just tell him, I, you know, I said, I got you. And I was like, yeah, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> the barbers in there, don't they make money <laughs> by getting paid for cutting my, like, I, I just feel like I'm going to be taken advantage of, and I don't, I don't want them to think anything about me because I'm not special. He said, no, no, listen, Rashad, <laughs> you go in there, and you go sit in that chair, you make your request known, and I got you. So I go to the barbershop, like, after that, and I get in there, and I'm the opposite of this verse. I didn't go, Brother Ken, I didn't go up there boldly, right? I, uh, they, Corey was like, next, and I was like, um, um, Corey, um, uh, Dave said you would cut my hair, and he, he going to take care of it. I, I don't know if that's okay with you. Like, if not, I can pull some money out. But I'm just, like, I don't really have. And he's like, okay, cool. And I was like, no, no, you didn't hear me. Like, <laughs> Dave said <laughs> that. He going to take care of So you're not going to have any green in your hand today. <laughs> like, like, I don't know how that works out, but you're not getting money from me to you. So will you still be able to take? And he goes, yeah, Dave said he got it. Dave got it. And, and this went on in the same way. Like, I called Dave after that. Remember Dave? And I was like, hey, man, are you sure? Like, my hair is already cut, okay? <laughs> my hair is cut. I got my fade. I'm good to go. And I called Dave after, and I was like, hey, man. Are you sure that's okay? And it's already happened, and I'm still questioning if it's okay. And then week after week go by, and I'm doing the same thing. It wasn't until I, I believed in it, right? It wasn't until I believed in it that things changed. The moment I believed in it, I got in that door, boom, you know what I mean? Walked in, <laughs> sat down, was like, hey, you just let me know when you're ready, you know what I'm saying? Because since I have a relationship with the owner, ooh, my goodness. Since I have a relationship with the owner, I have access to the privileges, right? I went, ooh, my, thank you, somebody clap back there. I walked in now because I actually believe in my relationship. I actually believe in what I have access to. I sat down, and when Corey said, hey, man, come on with this, I didn't. Matter of fact, I asked him, how, how you doing? How, how can I pray for you? Because I know this is covered. I know this is taken care of because of my relationship to the one who gives me access to the privileges. And so we're supposed to, in the same way, walk boldly to God because of our access through Jesus Christ. Can you, can you feel that? Can you understand that? And so here, here's where we got to be careful, though. The access is through Jesus Christ. Ask anything in my name and it will be given to you. Well, this is what they teach. They say that means whatever you want, if you just throw that magical word or that magical phrase in Jesus' name, then you get it. That is not how it works. You see, if I went in there and said, Corey, I'm asking you with my access through Dave, 
to sign over the rights to this whole establishment to me. Corey's going to look at me and be like, nah, bro, that, that's not according to Dave's will. That's not according to his word. You're just asking stuff and throwing Dave's name on it. I'm not going to give you the rights to this build. I'm not going to let you cut hair. I'm not going to let you. I'm not, I'm not paying you. At, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't work. Like, if I went in and was like, Corey, I need some money. You need to open up your little thing. Like, basically robbing him, basically, right? Like, like it doesn't work that way because that wasn't in his name. That wasn't according to his authority. We go asking God things that have nothing to do with what Jesus actually wants for us, and we think that we could take the phrase in Jesus' name and make everything okay. Then we want to get disappointed when we didn't pray for something that was never meant for us, and it didn't happen, and we're like, I guess God's not listening. No, he heard you. He heard your prayer. He heard what you had to say. Jesus was not a part of that. He didn't want you to have that Bentley that you can't afford. He didn't want you to take out that mortgage that you ain't got no business taking out. He didn't want you to have all this material things of the world that have nothing to do with eternity. Y'all tasting earthly. Y'all not tasting eternity. So when, when we go in Jesus' name, we're going in his authority. Of course, I'm going to give you what I already want and said I would give you. This is why you can go to the throne and say, Father, you said cast all my anxieties on you because you care. I'm coming in Jesus' name because Jesus is the word. I'm simply praying what has already been said. Stop making up prayers. Just open up your Bible. Read one verse and pray that verse because if he said it, that seals it. You want to know why your prayers are going unanswered? They're not Jesus. They're you. Period. They're your comforts. All this comfort that we're praying for. And he's like, well, I called you to a cross. Mm. I didn't call you to comfort. So, so. I love John 14. I don't know if I put it back there. Did I? Yes, I did. Okay. Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. Look at this. No one. All right. Now, I can I'm going to the Greek real quick. No means none. Not a zip, zilch, zero. No one comes to the Father but through me. Here's all your questions. Okay, so what about the really, really nice person I work with who doesn't believe in Jesus, but, but no one comes to the Father except but through Jesus? Well, what about the granny who's really, really sweet but just never believed? No one. I don't care how nice they look on the outside. I don't care how many things they donate to on the outside. I don't care what you see from your perspective. Jesus said no one. I could, I, if I could sing, I would start singing Alicia Keys right now, Ty. <laughs> no one comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ. That hurts. I get it. You got a loved one who's really, really nice and just can't logically put it together. Well, then that should put you on more fire to share the gospel and to pour into their life because no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. He is our access into the kingdom. And, and, and so this, um, earlier this week, I had to take um, um, 
uh, Big Stefan and Amanda Williams, I had to take Big Stefan to work. And I was like, hey, we got to work this out because uh, basically little Stefan took the keys to school. So Amanda couldn't, and I got permission to give this, Amanda couldn't, you know, get Stefan to work. He had to be at work by 8. And I was like, mm, but you a female, so I'm going to have to Uber this thing. You got to have to sit in the back, just, <laughs> just sit in the back, you know what I mean? And so after we dropped Stefan so I could take her back to the house with the keys, um, we couldn't get out the parking lot because there was only one way. to. It's over there on Northfield Drive where all the warehouses are. And a lot of the things look like you can go out, but they're all blocked. So I took like three different ways. You would have thought we was like drunk driving at 8 o'clock in the morning. I took three different ways trying to get out that parking lot. There was only one way. And Amanda kept saying, don't turn, no, don't turn there, no, don't turn there, no. And we were zipping around this parking lot because I thought I knew another way to get out the parking lot. Dave, there's only one way, right? A lot of people today, maybe even in this room, think there's other ways. Yeah, as, as long as I do X, Y, Z, the Christ thing is not a big deal. No, no, the Christ thing is the only deal. It's the only deal. There's no other way to have access to the kingdom, access to the throne room, access to the Father except through Jesus Christ. So, so be careful when you're confirming your non-believing family and friends as they pray to energy and source and you're confirming in. Like, yeah, they, you know, it's, yeah, it's not through Jesus. It's, you don't believe in Jesus, but sure, like, I'm sure. No, 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 listen to me. No one has access to the Father except through Jesus Christ. If you don't get nothing else from this sermon, please take that, okay? And, and so I don't care how many times you come and attend church, this, you know, here at Church on Rock, we love you, we thank you, but that's not your access to Christ. Don't care how many songs you sing, don't care how many things you do around serving and all that good stuff, you can show up to every hayride that we have. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you do not have access to God, all right? So our access, let's go to our next point. So who do we talk to God about? Who do we talk to God about? Now, we, there's a, many answers to this question, but I just want to give you the one in this text, and it's our allies. So we show our appreciation. We have our access through Christ, but we talk to God about our allies. Go into the verse again. Look at this. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, not just the ones I agree with. Not just the ones I'm cool with, not just the ones that look like me, not just the ones that attend my church, not just the ones I know. Remember, Paul didn't know the Roman church yet. He's right into a church. He knew a couple from when they got, um, when they got kicked out of the empire because they were fighting over, over uh, Christ. He knew like Aquila and Priscilla, but mainly the entirety of the church. He didn't know the majority of them, and yet he's praying to God, giving thanks to God through Christ for people he don't even know. We won't even pray for people we do know. Like, when, when do you stop and realize I don't care who in this church gets on your nerves. If they're a believer, they're your ally. They're your sibling. They're your brother. They're your sister. They're your mother. They're your father. Like, when, when do we get that? When do we actually say, it, it's okay that we disagree on all this other worldly stuff. I taste eternity. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care how educated you are. I don't care what you're wearing today. I don't care what kind of car you pulled up in. I don't care how big or small your house. I don't care about none of that. You believe in Christ, and because of him, we are family. If I was singing, I'd sing we are family right now. Like, I'm rolling. I got songs going in my head, right? But that's what happens. Like, 
we don't pray for all, right? Like, in, in fact, I, I've said it before, we hate. Like, we're down here, and there's a church down the way, just as kingdom-minded, just as whatever, but it's not church on the rock. So we're not praying for what God is doing down there. Or what about that church across seas that you don't even know anybody that attends there, but you know that they exist? I'm thanking God for them. See, this is why we, we, we need to step up in missionary work. Because there are people doing things at churches that gather like this across seas, but they could lose their life when they gather. And that gathering may only be six people, but I praise God for those six people willing to put their lives on the line to gather for something that we take privileges in and wake up and say, I don't feel like it. I praise God for that. And, and it's, it's our allies. If they're winning, we're all winning. Me, me and Clinton play basketball. We, you know, when we play ball, we'll be on the same team sometimes, right? And, like, we'll be playing a game to 12 by 1. So first person, first team to 12 wins. And we'll win the game like 12-5, right? So I go run in my mouth, ha! Losers! We won! Ha! And they're like, bro, you scored one point. I'm like, so? And they're like, you won the one if Clinton did score 11. I'd be like, we scored 12. <laughs> he scored 11. I scored one. We scored 12. We won. You see how that works? It doesn't matter what these other churches are doing in their numbers and stuff. We don't need to envy that or be jealous of that. If they got 8,000 down the street, and we got 300 here, then we all got 8,300 in this community, right? I'm praising God and thanking God for what he's doing at Connection Point in Church at Maine and Parkside and right over here at Hope Baptist and down the street at City View and Harmony. I, can I know these pastors. I pray for these pastors. I talk to these pastors. I want to know what's going on in their congregations so I can praise God for them. Because that's us. It's all. It's the allies, right? So we, we, we talk to God about our, our allies, but here's the, uh, the next thing. What others should be talking about with us? This is real talk. Remember, so we're keeping with that thing. Oh, I'm sorry. This is good. This is good. good. Thank you. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God who he's not seen. So that's why, once again... Pray for all, not just some, not just the ones you agree with. If you love God, how can you not love his children? I've always said it like this. If a woman has had children and a, a guy is interested in her, he goes, well, I like you, but I hate your kids. How far do you think he's going to get <laughs> with that woman? The woman going to be like, how are you going to love me and not love my kids, right? It's to say, how are you going to love God and not love his children because you don't like this or that about them? No, no, no. This is kingdom, right? God loves them. God loves them, so if you love God, you love them. Now going on to my next point. So here's the next question. Like, what others should be talking about? Remember, this is real talk. So we know why we talk to God. We know how we talk to God. We know who we talk to God about. Now the question is, what others should be talking about with us? Look at this, our actions. Others should be talking about our actions. He goes on in that same verse, Romans 1.8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed. That is, a, there's something happening with their faith that is causing others to talk about it. It's being proclaimed. It's their actions. Remember, we've said from day one this year, belief births behavior. Belief births some type of action. If you believe, it's going to birth something out of you. 
we cannot do this whole, I believe, but you don't see nothing. Okay? We, that, this is where accountability comes in. We go, hey, you've said a whole lot of stuff. We ain't seen nothing. And then you, why are you in my business? Because I love you. Because you could really be a false believer, a fake believer, a false prophet. You say a whole lot of stuff, but nothing is birthing out of that. I believe what the speed limit is when school is in, so I slow down in my behavior, right? Because I believe the speed limit. If I believe something, it's going to birth something out. And so when we look at this, how is your faith being like proclaimed among the world? How are you being a light among the world? And this is where that... This is where that eternity steps in, the taste of eternity. If you've truly tasted it and you truly believe what you've tasted, you, you can't help but tell everybody about it. And, and, we, and we already know how to do this because anytime we see a good movie, anytime we eat food that's really, really good, go to a good restaurant or whatever, we can't wait to hop on Facebook and tell everybody, oh, five stars for this. Or when we have something bad, right? When we have something bad and it don't taste good, we tell everybody, don't go here, the service is bad, this and this and that and that. It's crazy how, how Popeye's Chicken got $23 million in advertisement for free because everybody was just telling the world what they experienced. But with Jesus, but with Jesus, those who have tasted eternity can't tell about the experience. Think about that, right? And so I I think about every, every believer should have a strong testimony. It doesn't mean you have to come from, hey, I was I was in the cartel and I was a super duper <laughs> You ain't, that's not what makes your testimony strong. When you start talking about the taste of eternity, that's what makes your testimony strong. Whenever somebody tells their testimony, I always got to, including myself, I have to caution that the buildup is never as much as the climax. Sometimes we like, and I was this, and I was that, and I was doing all that. And it's like you, you glorify that so much, and then you get to the Jesus part, and you go, and then Jesus, and they're like, that's it? Like, I heard you was in the drug cartel, you was all that, and then, and then Jesus, right? No, no, it's supposed to be I was this, I was that, I was dealing with this, I was struggling with that. But then Jesus, you know, Jesus came in and gave me a taste of eternity, and it changed my life around. And, and it's like, it doesn't matter when that happened in your life, whether you was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ninety. I don't care. If you really tasted eternity, you can't sit on your hands about it. You proclaim it. And when people see that, they start proclaiming it for you even when they don't believe. They're like, man, you know Rashad, you don't know, man, this dude, all right, I know you never met him, but he's like always talking about Jesus and how he, and, and I knew him back in the day. He's a completely different person. I'm not even sure if it's real, but it looked real, but it's crazy. Like, they, they don't even believe in what I believe, but they're so busy talking about my business that they're proclaiming it all over the world. And that's our actions. But here's the thing. Ain't nobody going to talk about you if you look the same. Ain't, no, ain't, no, ain't nobody going to talk about anything going on in your life if it's the same thing that's been going on in your life the whole time that they've known you. Ain't nobody going to talk about you if you look the same as them. Ain't nothing different about you. you. You should be weird to people. Why? Because people talk about weirdos. <laughs> I, I want to be the weird guy. I'm the, yes, I am the guy that is weird. Yo, you know Rashad? Yeah, man, like, don't go to strip clubs. He don't do, he don't drink, he don't do none of that stuff. He's weird. Yep. That's exactly, I'll be that. I want to be that guy that gets talked about in other people's circles because I'm so different. Like, he cool, but he weird. 
He'd be doing that Jesus stuff because they were weird to people. They turned the, they turned the culture upside down. They turned the empire upside down. They thought when the, when the Christians were taking the Lord's Supper, they thought they were cannibals. They're like those weird people that be eating the body and drinking the blood. They thought it was real. They, they thought like they're really doing that. And it's like, no, but let them think what they want. It's bringing attention to the kingdom. So what are you doing? Like, what are you doing based on the fact that you've tasted eternity that's bringing that same attention, that your faith is being proclaimed all over the world? And, and uh, Kaylee, I'm going to skip this whole section of Scripture because I'm already at 10.03. Go to my next point. Go to my next point, the next slide. Yeah. So, so we know what others should be talking about, right, our, our actions. But where others should be talking about us is the next thing that comes with the prayer, right? So our avenue. Our actions should lead to our avenue. Look at this. It goes on in that same verse. It says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all because your faith is being proclaimed where? Throughout the whole world. Here's the thing. In its context, the whole world to them, the, the, the readers of this would have understood that as the Roman Empire, like not, not America that they don't even know exists yet. So contextually, their whole world would have been the Roman Empire. Here's my thing. What's being talked about in your whole world, right? Because in your context, that may just be your little cubicle on Monday, right? What's, what's being said in your world or in that warehouse that you work at, right? Or in that, in, that, in that little community that you live in down the street where you don't know any neighbors at all? Why not? Why not? Those are avenues for the kingdom. Why, just go knock on your neighbor's door and introduce yourself and get to know them so that they can start seeing that you leave every... Those weird neighbors that came down and gave us some cookies, they leave every Sunday morning, Jess. I don't... I don't understand it. Like every Sunday morning they get up and they leave and they come back. I wonder what's going on down there, but now they're talking. And, 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 and then the whole world, your whole world, whatever your world is, like are they talking about your faith in your world? Does your family know about how fired up you are about Christ? Do they? Or do they don't even know what goes on with you because you're not even in contact with them because you got a problem with them? But it's, it's not about your avenue. It's his avenue to them, Right? And so, and so this, like, this is where, where did that come from? Okay, this is where uh, I, uh, I'm going to bring it down, yeah, 10.05, I'm not going to go any further. Okay, so this is, this is where I'm going to bring this to. There's a song we're about to sing, and I want you to get a feel for why you should sing this song like you've never sung it before. Even if you don't know the words, just read them. It's called Raise a Hallelujah. Okay, I raise a hallelujah. But here's the, here's the unique thing about this song when you look at the lyrics. It says, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Check this out. Your enemies are a part of your world. Your enemies are a part of your world. When the enemies are attacking, when you're being persecuted, when you are struggling with whatever you are struggling with with other people, and you raise a hallelujah in the midst of that, do you understand what that does for his avenue, for, for him? He takes that action of you raising the hallelujah, and, and it creates an avenue for your enemies to be like, hold on, I just dissed you. Like, why are you praising God? And we saw this in Acts 5. You don't have to go there, but in Acts 5, when, when Peter and, and the apostles, they put hands on them for claiming the name of Jesus. They beat them. It says they literally put their hands on them, and when they were done putting their hands on them and said, now that we didn't beat you up, Hoel, do not go claiming Jesus' name anywhere else, guess what they did? They raised the hallelujah to God and thanked God that they were considered worthy to get beat up. <laughs> the, exactly. Wouldn't you be like, weirdos? 
We just beat you up and said, don't mention his name again because it's changing the kingdom. It's changing the empire. Stop talking about him or we're going to kick your teeth in again. And they got up, bloodied and everything. It was like, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why? Because I was considered worthy to suffer for your name. Wow. So I raise a hallelujah. Here's my rock responses, and we're going to be done right here. I raise a hallelujah because I have access. The number one reason I raise a hallelujah is because I can. Because when I sing here at Church on the Rock, guess what? Because of my relationship with Christ, God hears every single word that I sing. Have you ever thought about that? Even when we're doing rehearsals, uh, worship team, God's listening There is no rehearsing. He's listening to that. You're rehearsing for the people. But but every time you sing that music, God is listening. And he gives an ear to us. He's listening as we sing. So I raise a hallelujah because I have access. You should raise a hallelujah because you have the access to do it. You have the privilege to do it. Rock response number two. I raise a hallelujah because I have allies. I need the people in this church to know that I believe in you. I believe in God. I believe that whatever you're going through right now, that when you see me singing, regardless of what's going on in my life, then maybe you'll start singing too. When you see me, don't care that I ain't got no tone, no voice, can't sing a lick, but I'm going to raise my voice as high as I can because that might encourage the person who thinks because I can't sing that I shouldn't sing. Man, forget that. You have access to go into the throne room off key, no tone, tone deaf, and sing as loud as you want in front of God, and he goes, it's beautiful. It sounds great. You ever thought we might get to heaven and it says Jesus sings in the midst of the congregation and, and according to our opinion, he, he hit, like he can't sing? Like what if Jesus don't sing like Ty? Because we don't know what he's going to sound like, but it's beautiful because of the purpose and the reason. So just sing. Stop worrying about what somebody next to you thinks or what it sounds like. Just sing, right? And then finally, uh, I raise a hallelujah because he uses your actions to create his avenues. So I'm going to raise a hallelujah because it might be my hallelujah that's been raised that actually brings somebody to the kingdom. You ever thought about that? Just sitting here, there are little kids who are watching you and saying, man, look, there's guys up there singing now. I don't normally see the guys singing, and because they're singing, I want to ask more questions about God. They're raising a hallelujah. People are fired up in here, and as a result, I'm going to mom and dad and saying, I want to know more about Jesus because whatever they're excited about, I'm excited about too. So I raise a hallelujah, right? I raise a hallelujah knowing that he will use everything I'm raising for his will, for his, for his purpose, for, his, for, for my good and for his glory, right? So as we sing this, as we close out, please, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. I want to hear that you believe in the eternity that you've tasted. And as a result, you raise a hallelujah to the Lord because he's worthy and because you know he will use that for his glory. Woo! Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Want to stand up and sing this one out with us?
If you look, I ain't got nothing else to say. Y'all just need to go raise a hallelujah everywhere you go. Let's pray before we leave. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege, for the privilege to raise a hallelujah, Father, in, in your presence. Father, may we not let this be mere entertainment. May this be edifying for our souls so that we may go out. And, and change the empire we live in, just right here in the Indiana area. I am so grateful and so blessed to be a part of a church family that has responded to your word, responded to your message. May we, may we respond and raise a hallelujah with our lives and the way that we go out into the world from here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is in Jesus' name and by his authority we approach and make this request. Amen. Woo! That was good. That was Take good. Take the time to join us on this podcast from Church on the Rock here in Brownsburg, Indiana. If you would like any more information about our church family, our pastor, or where we meet, please visit our website, www.churchontherockbb.com.